44. In perspiration on slight exertion or mental worry, when there is weakness of the nervous system, the disease manifests itself through various organs, hence, the palpitation of the heart, dyspepsia or acute attacks of indigestion, with colicky pains and heaviness after meals, with irritations or belchings of gas, or local discomfort and unnatural action affecting, at different times, almost every organ of the body. It is well known that insanity may result from the loss of sleep and constant brooding over the symptoms that the patient fails to properly understand. Treatment. In no class of diseases is greater care, scientific knowledge and skill more necessary than in the treatment of nervous affections. Almost every case is a law unto itself, and must receive careful consideration. Painstaking advice and specially prescribed treatments weak to the peculiarities of the individual. Hereditary influences. Causes of the disease and constitutional peculiarities of the patient must all be taken into account. Value of experience. Only through extensive experience can the medical practitioner become expert at detecting and successfully meeting, by rational scientific and carefully adapted treatment, the many phases and complications incident to the different forms and stages of this very prevalent malady. For more than a quarter of a century, the specialists of the Invalids Hotel and Surgical Institute having charge of this department of practice, have been actively engaged battling with diseases of the nervous system. As a result of this long time and vast experience, they have naturally developed and thoroughly tested many valuable remedial agencies for the relief and cure of this class of sufferers. Many of these can be successfully prescribed and used at the patient's homes without a personal consultation, while others can only be brought into use at our institution. Treatment at home. Many cases, especially when the exciting cause of the malady can be easily ascertained, as in spermatoria from self-abuse, or sexual excesses, or in women when arising from uterine affections, can be very successfully managed and cured at home. This is also true when the disease is due to the excessive use of tobacco, opium and other narcotics. Consultation by letter. The patient has thought over his symptoms hundreds of times. The location of every discomfort has been carefully noted. These matters are stated with accuracy, common sense and good judgment when writing to us. The people are far more intelligent in these matters than physicians are generally willing to admit. A patient is often confused while being personally examined by a physician and gives imperfect or incorrect answers. After he has left the presence of the physician, he finds that he has failed to enumerate many of the most important symptoms. In consulting by letter, the patient is not embarrassed, states the exact symptoms and carefully reads over the letter, to see if it is a complete and accurate description of his sufferings. In this way he often conveys a much better idea of the case than if present in person and subject to the most thorough questioning and cross-examination. The timid lady and nervous young man write just as they feel and one reason why we have had such success in treating intricate and delicate diseases is because we have obtained such true and natural statements of the cases from these letters, many of which are perfect pen pictures of disease, as bank tellers and cashiers, who daily handle large quantities of currency can unmistakably detect spurious money by a glance at the engraving or touch of the paper. So the experienced physician, by his great familiarity with disease, becomes equally skilled in detecting the nature and extent of a chronic malady, from a written description of its symptoms. To aid the patient in giving a clear and intelligible history of his case we send, when requested, a very complete question blank, examination of the urine, a careful, 
microscopical examination and chemical analysis of the urine is a valuable aid in determining the nature of these diseases of the nervous system. This important fact is not overlooked at the Invalids Hotel and Surgical Institute, where experienced chemists are employed to make such examinations and report the result to the attending physicians. Persons consulting us and desiring to avail themselves of the advantages afforded by these examinations, can send a sample of their urine by express. The bottle should be thoroughly cleansed and should contain from 2 to 4 ounces of that first pass aid after arising in the morning. It should be carefully packed in sawdust or paper and enclosed in a light wooden box. All express charges must be prepaid through and a complete history of the case, including the age and sex of the patient, should accompany every package, or it will receive no attention. This saves valuable time by directing the examination into the channels indicated and thus avoiding a lengthy series of experiments, as we are daily receiving numerous bottles of urine, every sample, to prevent confusion should be labeled with the patient's name. By the postal regulations, all liquids are excluded from the mails, unless packed in accordance with our printed directions, which will be sent free on request being received for them. We aim to cure, not merely to palliate as is so often done by practitioners in dealing with these distressing maladies. We do not prescribe coca mixtures, whiskey, malt extracts, so-called celery compounds or other nerve stimulants which only spur the already weakened nervous system on as a man would urge his jaded horse to a renewed efforts when the animal should be refreshed by proper food and rest. Neither have we any faith in lasting good resulting from prescribing such nerve sedatives as put the nerves to sleep and so, by simply blinding sensibility, delude the patient into the false belief that he is being benefited. To effect a radical cure of the weakness, the nerve centers must be restored to a normal condition by improving the nutrition of the nerve cells. To do this the causes of the difficulty must be understood and any local weakness or disease of any organ, be it the liver, kidneys, lungs, stomach, rectum, bladder, or generative organs, must be understood, properly treated and overcome. The desire for alcoholic stimulants is a most common and dangerous tendency of the disease. To gratify the morbid appetite for stimulants is to do the patient lasting injury, impoverished blood. In some cases the nervous affection is the result of an impure, or impoverished, condition of the blood. In such cases the use of drive pierces golden medical discovery has, in the great majority of cases, resulted in an immediate benefit and gradually in a permanent restoration of the nerve centers to a normal condition. This remedy, particularly if assisted by the use of drive pierces pleasant pellets, when constipation is present, and loads the liver and their combined action tends to remove from the blood the poisons which it is the function of the liver to take from that fluid. The cells of the brain, after performing their function, throw into the blood certain poisonous materials which it is the function of the liver to remove. If this is not done, the cells become clogged, and can only be restored to a natural and healthful condition by increasing the activity of the liver. This treatment gives rise to an immediate improvement and a continuance of the remedies results in a gradual toning up of the nervous system and relief from the unpleasant symptoms. Female weakness. Many women suffer from nervous prostration, or exhaustion, owing to congestion of the uterus and ovaries, caused by overindulgence, again by overwork, the strain of too many household cares, or too frequent childbirths. In these cases, the use of Drive Pierce's favorite prescription is of the greatest benefit tending to restore the uterus and ovaries to a normal condition, its wonderful restorative effects, tonic and nerve invigorating properties, especially adapted to the cure of these cases, 
digestion and assimilation of food are promoted by its use. When the liver or blood is not in healthful condition, as previously referred to, the golden medical discovery should be used in conjunction with the prescription. If menstruation be scanty, Dr. Pierce's pellets will have a beneficial influence in increasing the flow and overcoming the headache and congestion of internal organs that is the result of scanty menstruation, especially if their use be accompanied with full doses of drive Pierce's compound extract of smart weed. Local causes, in the great majority of cases, when nervous prostration has made its appearance at intervals, with periods of prolonged good health intervening, but in which, as a rule, slight excesses, overexertion or the attacks of some acute disease, produces a nervous exhaustion. We have found that local derangement is the cause of the whole trouble. This cause may often be readily removed and a perfect and permanent restoration of the health will follow. In men, we have often found a varicocele to be the cause of nervous prostration. In others rupture, or urethral stricture, sometimes of a character so mild as hardly to give serious inconvenience, has been the cause. In women, ulceration of the uterus, stricture of the cervix, congestion or other diseases of the ovaries such as cysts, abscesses, etc. Inflammation of the fallopian tubes, characterized with more or less periodical discomfort and attacks of leucorrhea, or whites, are common causes. In all cases in which the nervous disease depends upon local causes, we find that the relief of the local source of irritation, which tends to reduce the general health and interfere with perfect nervous tone, is all that is necessary to give the invalid a perfect restoration to health, vigor and activity. It is like removing the burden from a tired horse who has fallen prostrate under an excessive load. The removal of the burden puts the individual under a favorable condition for the immediate restoration to health and strength, and permanent relief is only a matter of a few days or weeks time. With appropriate nourishment and restorative nerve tonics, alcohol, opium and tobacco affect different individuals according to their several susceptibilities. Some are able to withstand, with apparent impunity an amount of these that cannot be tolerated by others without great injury. No one, however, is wholly proof against these unwholesome agents which are in such common use. The sad results of their excessive use are seen in thousands of cases of shattered nerves and wasted vigor. The excessive use of tea and coffee is also a prolific cause of nervous affections. Happily, we have now at our command remedies which exercise a most potent controlling influence over the acquired morbid appetite for these narcotics and stimulants. Of course we have to depend, to some extent, upon the willpower of the patient, but where this is not wholly lost, we have in all our later experience, been able to realize a degree of success which has been alike gratifying to both physician and patient. The Invalids Hotel and Surgical Institute specially equipped for the cure of nervous affections, private institutions, while supplied with the numerous and costly aids to the work of the specialist treating nervous diseases, are now recognized necessity. Physicians and sufferers alike appreciate this fact. Public hospitals do not answer this purpose, owing to the fact that they are more especially intended for the alleviation of the sufferings of the poor, and the greater part of the work done is in affording relief from acute diseases and emergencies requiring surgical aid. Attention is thus detracted from delicate nervous affections and is almost wholly engrossed in caring for sufferers from other diseases and injuries. Besides, association with the charity cases that abound in such places and the evidences of suffering present on every hand, are enough to prevent all improvement in sensitive and sympathetic invalids. Perfect equipment is an important part of the battle in the cure of nervous affections. 
electricity in nervous affections, electrical applications, to be beneficial, require, on the part of the attendant, a technical knowledge of the highest character with costly apparatus and special appliances, there can be little doubt that electricity is convertible into nerve force, in treating cases in the invalid's hotel, a large variety of batteries, dynamos and other electrical appliances are brought into use, these consist of cell batteries, such as is illustrated by figure 4, dynamos, operated by power, Franklin, or static electrical machines illustrated in figure 5, and other electrical apparatus, the choice of the particular machine or battery being determined by the nature of the case, care and skill required, electricity, like other powerful agencies, in order to prove remedial must be used of proper strength and in proper quantity, the potential, or strength, as well as the volume, or amount, of current has to be carefully measured for that purpose, to accomplish this, we employ an instrument called a galvanometer, or amperometer, illustrated in figure 6, which indicates the exact amount of current being applied, for the want of such instruments to measure the current, physicians often fail to get beneficial results, as they are not able to administer either the proper quantity or quality of current, oft times, for like reasons, their haphazard way of employing this powerful agent does positive injury to the patient, of course, in treating cases at a distance, we cannot avail ourselves of all the great variety of apparatus brought into use at our invalid's hotel, yet we have some forms of machines well adapted for home use, and so simple that, by sending plain printed directions with the machines, our patients are able to use them effectively without the aid of the physician, especially is this true in the milder forms of nervous disease, and when great exactness and nicety of application is not so important, we show in figure 7 and figure 8, two forms of such batteries which are often furnished our patients for use at their homes, many times, after cases are under treatment here for a while, we are able to educate them in the use of the battery so that by taking one of these home with them they can continue the treatment with good results after leaving the institution, organic, OR animal, extracts AS remedies, the experience of Pasteur, Brown Secord, and our own specialists in the use of extracts of nerve substance and of certain glands and organs by hypodermic or subcutaneous injection of these fluids, has, in a vast number of cases, been most gratifying to both physicians and patients. Many wonderful cures had thus been obtained. Injected subcutaneously these animal extracts are immediately assimilated and we are often able to stop, at once, the progress of disease and turn the tide towards recovery. Thus the cells receive the special stimulants upon which their life and activity depend. The animal extracts employed in our institution are all scientifically and carefully produced in our chemical laboratory under the direct supervision of an experienced chemist, and are believed to be superior in quality. They are turned out fresh, as wanted, which is important, as all such preparations, no matter how carefully made and put up, deteriorate with age. These extracts are made from the glands and organs of the lower animals, as from the brain, spinal cord, heart, testicles, ovaries and some other organs and parts of bullocks, rabbits, guinea pigs and other animals, that they possess properties which exert most potent tonic, or invigorating, influences upon those organs and parts of the human system corresponding to the organs and parts of the lower animals from which they have been extracted, no longer admits of doubt. In cases of partial and even complete impotency, especially in elderly men, attended with nervous exhaustion, 
most astonishingly favorable results are obtained by our specialists through the administration of our extracts obtained from the nerve tissue of the spinal cord, associated with the use of the express juices from animal testes. We do not, however, prescribe these extracts to the exclusion of other well-tested remedial agents, but do regard them, especially in the more confirmed and obstinate cases, as among our most positive curative agents. We must confess that when first proclaimed by Brown Secord as valuable remedial agents, we regarded the use of these extracts with good deal of skepticism, but experience island after all, the best teacher and we were forced, after numerous successful tests, to admit their great efficacy. We have always endeavored to keep up with the vanguard of the army of medical reform, and so took early occasion to introduce these agents into our practice and made preparations to produce them in our laboratory. From an article written by an eminent specialist in nervous diseases, and recently published in the New York Medical Journal, we extract the following, organic beings possess the power of assimilating from the nutritious matters they absorb the peculiar pabulum which each organ of the body demands for the development and sustenance. The brain, for instance, selects that part which it requires, the heart the material necessary for its growth and preservation, and so on with the liver, the lungs, the muscles and the various other organs of the body. No mistake is ever committed. The brain never takes liver nutriment, nor the liver brain nutriment, but each selects that which it requires. There are, however, diseased conditions of the various organs in which this power is lost or impaired, and, as a consequence, disturbance of function, or even death itself, is the result. Now, if we can obtain the peculiar matter that an organ of the body requires and inject it directly into the blood, We do away with the performance of many vital processes which are accomplished only by the expenditure of a large amount of vital force. Let us suppose a person suffering from an exhausted brain, the result of excessive brain work. Three hearty meals are eaten every day, but, no matter how judiciously the food may be arranged, the condition continues. Now, if we inject into that person's blood a concentrated extract of the brain of a healthy animal, we supply at once the pabulum which the organ requires. Then, if under this treatment the morbid symptoms disappear, we are justified in concluding that we have successfully aided nature in doing that which, and assisted, she could not accomplish. That is the system. I believe it is applicable not only to the brain, but to all the other organs of the body. The writer of the above island very probably, a little over sanguine in his opinion that the plan of treatment will prove efficacious in all organic diseases, but certainly, from our experience, We can endorse his belief as to its great efficacy in many forms of organic weakness, especially those of the generative organs, nervous system, heart and some other parts of the body. We believe that we are placing a conservative estimate upon the remedial value of these animal juices, or extracts, when we say that they are destined to fill an important place in the curative resources of the specialist in chronic diseases, under the head of epilepsy, also in connection with our consideration of locomotor ataxia. We shall have occasion to refer to the use of these extracts as applicable to the cure of those maladies. Most cases of nervous diseases that come to us, for examination and treatment, do so after having tried, without success, treatment by baths, enforced seclusion, as well as unskillfully applied electrical treatment and massage. Prolonged medication has frequently aroused digestive disorders and made the patient hate the sight of the medicine bottle. In such cases our improved methods, as applied in the institution and also prescribed for patients at a distance, 
enable our specialists to give relief and effect cures with a minimum of medicine. They also enable us to treat many cases of nervous diseases heretofore regarded as almost hopeless, such as locomotor ataxia, paralysis, epilepsy and spinal affections, with a degree of success which has been very gratifying alike to physicians and patients. Headache and neuralgia. There is no ill to which flesh is air that is the source of a greater degree of discomfort to the human race than headache. The farmer, housewife, banker, merchant and laborer seem to be equally prone to the affliction and all who suffer have a great number of days rendered uncomfortable and unhappy by the presence of this most unpleasant affection. Pain is the warning finger of disease the threatening indication of coming trouble. In headache, we have an indication that the system is subjected to some strain or injurious impression. It may be that the eyes have been overworked or the brain unnaturally taxed, or that the nervous and physical systems have not been properly refreshed by sufficient sleep, and have used up the residue of reserve power. Many suffer from headache only after they have been subjected to sudden changes of temperature and have taken cold, others only when the bowels have become inactive. The liver torpid and the blood vitiated with retained poisons. All appreciate the discomfort that results from this malady and earnestly seek for permanent relief. Headaches may be divided into classes, one those due to the presence of poisons in the blood, and to those due to irritation of various organs, as of the eyes, stomach, liver, and intestines, of the first form, or variety, of headache, influenza, or grip, and acute cold in the head, are the most common causes, these give rise to most excruciating pain, there is congestion, followed by inflammation in the nasal passages and cavities communicating therewith. The membranes of these passages throw out a thin, watery, irritating discharge, which gradually thickens and becomes pus-like and offensive in character. If the disease continues, poisonous matters are absorbed from the affected surfaces into the blood. These poisons, circulating in the blood, produce great irritation of the nerve cells, so much so, that the severity of the attack is felt in the nervous centers, the brain and spinal cord, with pain varying from the most acute and sharp, to a dull. Numbake, the temples, eyes, neck and small of the back, are in their order, the usual locations of greatest pain, such attacks vary in frequency and severity, one attack is usually followed by an early recurrence, which may be more or less severe, while the period of active pain varies from a few hours to several days, such attacks leave an exhausted state of the nerve centers and general weakness of the system that often lasts for weeks and may permanently impair the system except such results be prevented by appropriate treatment. Every recurrence of the attack leaves the system in a worse condition, until profound nervous prostration ensues. Malarial headache, sometimes termed brow ague, is a common form of the malady with those residing in malarial regions. The pain rapidly develops, usually over one eye. It lasts from 5 to 10 hours, and is often a frightful intensity. Other forms are rheumatic and bouty headache, usually a heavy aching pain appearing on the approach of storms, but at times almost continuous, made worse by improper diet, uremic headache is due to kidney disease, and alcoholic to direct irritation of the brain membranes from the use of alcoholic beverages, the latter is accompanied with much irritation of the stomach and intestines, headaches of a similar character result from the presence in the blood of an excess of the active principles of coffee and tea, overindulgence in these agents, as with alcohol, affects the nerve cells and membranes, often causing severe attacks of headache. Nervous headache is another common affliction. This seems to arise from several causes, 
such as impoverished blood and exhaustion from overwork of the brain. Hysterical headache is not uncommon. There is a severe kind of headache, the attacks of which appear first at early puberty and continue at intervals more or less frequent in women up to the change of life and in men to about the 40th year. The periodical headache is usually preceded by yawning, chilliness, languid, exhausted feelings, in others by peculiar emotional or mental activity. This is followed by unusual drowsiness, in which the night's rest is broken by dreams, and from which the patient awakes tired. Gradually, during the day, the headache develops, beginning in the eyes or bones over them. It gets more and more severe, shooting into the jaws and neck or extending to the back of the head and spine. As the pains get most severe, nausea or vomiting, often repeated, follow, in which the contents of the stomach, with mucus and bile, is ejected. The whole paroxysm lasts from 5 hours to 2 or even 3 days. Any URALGIC headache is a common variety, often the pain is not confined to the head. In fact neuralgia may affect almost any part of the system. Neuralgia. Neuralgia is an affection of the nerves, of which the chief symptom is pain. This is of variable intensity and character. It follows the course of the affected nerve and its branches, and occurs in paroxysms of agonizing pain with periods of intermission during which the pain may be very slight, and cause but little discomfort. The severe pain is described as lancinating, cutting, tearing, burning, boring and pressing. Patients use different words in describing the attacks, and there is probably a difference in the character of the pain, though in a severe paroxysm one is scarcely able to make a very nice distinction. We have known cases in which the pain occurred suddenly and overwhelmed the patient's fortitude by its severity and unexpected onset. Between the paroxysms there may be less severe pain, which is then more frequently of an aching, burning or pricking character. In some, paroxysm after paroxysm succeed each other with almost lightning-like rapidity, and even in the intervals the pain is very intense. At another time there is only one sharp sting of pain, which attacks recur several times an hour or day or may be absent for days or months. An extended freedom from all pain is rare in a patient very much affected. The first attacks in all forms of neuralgia are often comparatively light, and the severity of the pain gradually increases as the attacks multiply. We have frequently had patients unacquainted with anatomy, map out the distribution of a nerve very perfectly, simply describing the portion of the body in which the pain was experienced. For convenience, the neuralgia has been named with reference to the nerve most seriously attacked, lumbago to the spasms of pain affecting the small of the back, ticdolorua is a term applied to neuralgia of the fifth nerve, that supplying the side of the face, with branches to the eyes, jaw, and teeth, neuralgia of the testicles, ovaries, stomach, heart, are frequently met with, that affecting the large nerve supplying the thigh and leg is termed sciatica, these nerve affections often prove a most grave disorder rendering the life of the sufferer a burden. Treatment. Contrary to opinions frequently expressed by members of the medical profession, we find that most cases present some removable, or remediable, cause for attacks of headache and neuralgia. The temporary relief that is obtained by the use of headache powders, various bromide combinations, caffeine and other anodyne and narcotic medicines, is sometimes necessary in order that the excruciating sufferings may be borne for the time but as a rule such remedies only react unfavorably by interfering still further with the natural restoration of the affected organs, or protract the removal of the cause of the disease. Hence, the next attack is usually earlier in its appearance and more severe and lasting when such agents are employed.
The great majority of headaches and neuralgias are due to the presence of poisons in the blood. This may be due to affections of the blood-making, or blood-purifying organs, for the correction of inactive blood-making glands, or a lack of purification of the blood, due to such cause. The use of drive pierces golden medical discovery is particularly beneficial. It has no equal in its direct effect upon the liver, the great purifying organ of the body, through this natural gateway. It removes from the system poisonous materials which are the waste from the nerve cells. The accumulation of these waste materials irritates the cells and causes them to cry out with pain. The blood, being properly purified by the use of golden medical discovery, supplies to the nerves, and to the nerve cells, what they crave a healthy and rich blood that furnishes proper nourishment. Hence the headache disappears, and the neuralgic pains are overcome. When the liver is engorged and torpid, the intestines become overloaded with fecal matters that putrefy and give rise to gases and consequent distention. Deleterious poisons are formed and absorbed by the blood from such hardened and irritating lumps in the intestines. When the bowels are thus constipated, Dr. Pierce's pleasant pellets are necessary as an adjunct to the golden medical discovery. The pellets remove from the intestinal canal all irritating materials and thus enhance the alterative or blood cleansing action of the golden medical discovery in women when there is a nervous affection dependent upon some unnatural state of the ovaries or uterus and complicated with an imperfect or unnatural circulation in those parts we have noted that most satisfactory results invariably follow the use of drive pierce's favorite prescription this agent improves the tone of the nervous system and by its direct restorative tonic effects lessens or overcomes any congestion of the womb or its appendages regulates menstruation and promotes a condition of health and vigor. In a vast experience, our specialists have thoroughly tested a great many specific remedies which we prescribe for home treatment, sending the necessary remedies to our patients by express or mail, carefully adapting them to each individual case. Many sufferers have been, by a brief course of our home treatment, relieved permanently from excruciating sufferings that had been a source of annoyance and loss of time for many years prior to the use of our remedies. Our treatment is intended to effect permanent cures. We do not use those narcotics and compounds of antipyrine and other similar agents which are very depressing in their effects, and, like morphine and other preparations of opium, 